Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Graham, and welcome to another episode of the Rip Roarers podcast. I'm joined, as ever, uh, by my co-host, Jace. How are we doing, Jace? Uh, yeah, we're good, mate. Uh, I'm very happy after the performances this week. Um, and that's been the good part. Uh, apart from that, I've been very unwell off work for a few days. Been back for two days, but you'll probably hear in this podcast some sniffles, some... Uh, croaky throat maybe uh maybe if you're watching the video you'll see me muting and coughing my guts up um but you know it's the season of of of, of i don't know illness so much that when we went to the football the weekend i probably made greville i didn't Ill- yeah. realize i was ill but now greville Ill, so you know you can blame yeah. me for that thank you very much Jace. yeah so i will also probably be muting for snipples and coughs i was off work yesterday but, you know, the Arsenal train doesn't stop. So we did miss a few games. So apologies for that. But we're back to talk about uh, what will probably go down as a massively forgettable game in the grand scheme of things, but ultimately may play a, a huge part in our season. Who knows? Um, but Arsenal did come away with all three points, beating Luton 4-3 at, was it the last kick? Well, last head? Well, yeah, I think it was. It was the last yeah, touch. Uh, the, yeah, the last touch of the game. So let me get that intro music on and then we will get straight into it. Saka. Saka. Right, we're going to uh, jump into it. It's going to be the first Rip Roar and Review in what feels like an absolute age. Uh, so I'm interested. We've done no prep, no notes, <laughs> riding by the seat of our pants. Uh, Jace, I uh, have to go to you first, unfortunately, because that's what we do. Tell me where you're going with your Rip Roar and Review. Uh, Declan, Declan, you had me at hello. Oh, just Declan. Just oh, just heart, heartthrob for Declan right now. Um I saw some interesting stats uh, about him, and I like after the goal, after the win against Luton, and just made me so happy. Like we we're only paying thirty three million pound a year for Declan Rice. Um, we'll talk about you know the winner and Luton later, but thirty three million pound for Declan Rice, and what have we got for our, our first year's payment of thirty three million pound? We've got two winners at the end of games to give us three points, United and Luton. We had a goal that brought us back level and to stop the defeat against Chelsea. And in the, in, in, the, in the end of the game against Man City, we had the clearance off the line that gave us the 1-0 win. Man's £33 million well spent. First year, tick, done. We're not even halfway through. He smashed it. Absolutely loving Declan Rice. I mean, that is, uh, you, you've stolen our entire first segment, Jace, but I, I love you for it. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I can't disagree with anything you said, can't deny it. My heart also goes out to the man, Declan Rice. I, I tell you what, I just can't believe he plays for us. He's not, you know, he's not a player that we sign. He, he go, he'll go to City. When, when City came in for him, and I think they paid 100 million, or the, the offer was 100 million for him. 
I was assuming it was a done deal. Like if most players in their right mind would probably take them, but he was sold on the project. He was sold on the idea. Obviously after Arteta had given him the dream. Yeah. And it was, it's insane. Like, and honestly, I don't know where he would have fit into Man City per se, but obviously you've seen, well, maybe not, we were talking about Man City versus Villa. Man City were without Rodri again, and they are a, a different beast when they don't have Rodri. He just, yeah. everything goes through him, it makes them tick, and they are, and maybe that's where he would have rotated both of them in and out of that squad, whereas Declan Rice is effectively our solo pivot. I wouldn't, I'm not too sure he would have fit into their system or played as many games as he played for us, but man, I'm so, I'm with you. What would you do without him? Exactly. And and it's interesting you say that about, you don't think like, it's not like an Arsenal signing, like we wouldn't do it very often. It's interesting, right? Because obviously Man City do it every year. Um, well, within reason. Um, we are spending big money. We aren't maybe, we're buying a lot of the players that we've bought, we haven't actually heard of before and they turned good. Um, you know, there has been, well, oh, I say we haven't heard of them. We're buying more proven Premier League talent, but we're not buying, we're not buying superstars already, already made superstars. Our team isn't made of already made superstars. Declan is the first person you could argue is an already made superstar that, that we've bought in. Um, you know, usually we develop them and nurture them. Martinelli and Saka. Uh, I'd say Saka's there. Martinelli, Martinelli. Saliba is another one. We did buy him in. Gabriel, I would say. Well, Gabriel is another example. He's a mate. He, he's, 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 for me, the standout of all the defenders. And then, you know, we're buying players in from, you know, the French League for 20 or 30 million. We think we've got talent and can prove, improve the squad. And then what we're doing is also complementing it with which we never used to do under Wenger with proven Premier League talent, which is got experience. So, you know, we bought Ramsdale and we bought Ben White and we bought Trossard in. So it's a really nice uh, balance, which is working well. On the other hand, the interesting thing to compare it with is, is I, I think this is really the contrast of Liverpool when they had the five years of dominance, right? Where, uh, well, they but they only had five years of dominance, but with only one league title, you know, um, and 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 a champions couple of Champions League finals. But yeah, yeah if you can, yeah, 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 one <laughs> Champions League title. Oh, well. But uh, the interesting thing here is that they, you know, their two standout equivalent signings were Virgil Van Dijk is was their Declan Rice, in my opinion, um, and and then they and then they and then they sponged out on Allison. Uh, and so what I'm trying to say here is I think we've got one more. Like, apart from that, Liverpool had a very similar policy to us. Like, when they were buying in, like, Salah wasn't a, a world-class buy. He developed at Liverpool into a world-class player. He wasn't world-class at Roma. Um, and the same with all the rubber forwards. Same with Jordan Henderson. The same with some of their midfielders. Mane from Southampton. Yeah. 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 Like, they, 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 got, they got there the same way we're getting there. And so, you know, they, they did... Now the question is where I think you know where Liverpool maybe stopped buying. That's where they kind of fell a little bit, and it's quite interesting actually um, to kind of compare them. And I, I think we've definitely got one more. I think that that might be. I don't know. I mean, we were talking about Ivan Tony. I don't know who else it would be in the striking department, unless Kylian Mbappe has a change of heart at the end of the season. But um, 
or he but, yeah. Yeah. Well that but I think there's one more to one more to come. But so grateful for Declan. So grateful for Declan. Uh I hope he realizes how much we appreciate him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, listening to his uh, post-match interview was, uh, I think he said, just how lucky am I? I get to play for Arsenal every week. And I think that for me is one of the, he, he just gets it. He gets this club. He gets playing for us. He gets the the gravitas and the class that Arsenal have and bring. Um, and it, is, it does show on the pitch. And I kind of see we've got him in his best years. And I, I can't see him. It's it's really strange because he was obviously at West Ham for such a long time, and there was a lot of talk of him never leaving. Um, but it, it's just incredible to see him already flourishing at his Arsenal career, and I, I suspect he'll stay for a long time. I, I find him. Uh, he's the next level Michael Carrick. Does that make sense? Tottenham, bro. Well, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, that's my point, right? The next level Michael Carrick. Right. And what I mean by that is the comparison and became went from a mid table Premier League team to a, a, a top four, top three. And Carrot was there. They were winning leagues every season. And he became a fundamental in the midfield. Um, and that, that kind of trajectory, I think, if you look at Declan, is quite similar. The difference is that I believe that. Uh, we're biased. Yeah, I'm sure we United fans may come and disagree, but um, but I, I I believe Declan is uh, is is far superior to uh, capability comparisons with Michael Carrick, in my opinion. But but either way, uh, yeah, he's here, and we've got him for yeah into his at least what we how long did he sign a five year deal? So he's twenty four. Yeah, add on, I think. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we got him to his 29. Um, and let's assume that as long as everything goes to plan, we, he's going to have an extension at some point there. We're going to get him into at least, we're going to get all of his prime years, which is brilliant. Yep, agree. Uh, for my Rip Room review, uh, I have began writing it up. I'm getting it date stamped. I'm getting it signed. It's my Kai Havertz apology slip. I'm currently putting it inside an envelope ready to post uh, to Kai's uh, PO box address. Um, I'm debating whether to send it yet because it might be early on in the, the stage of apology. But, you know, last four games, he's got three goals and an assist. Um, I think his game against Luton was probably his best in an Arsenal shirt. Um, uh, the The... I've talked a lot on this pod about him being lackadaisical, about not having the drive, not having the determination and not like grabbing the game by the scruff of its neck. And there were occasions during this game where we saw it, uh, particularly there was a drive through the middle of the park, driving with the ball, passed it away to Saka, which generated, I believe, a goal. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there was also obviously he scored during this game too. Um, we are starting to see uh, more Kai Havertz, uh, more of the Kai Havertz that we wanted, more of the Kai Havertz that maybe we didn't expect. And uh, I did watch a video back of a Chelsea fan who believed that um, Arteta would find his best position and that he would get the best out of him and that he was waning at Chelsea because we didn't know where to play him or he wasn't getting uh, the best out of him. And the, the roaming uh, position that he kind of kind of plays for us, it's not really a left eight. It's kind of like, Play in the middle of the park somewhere and do do what you want. You know, take take part in the bits that you want to do. You can recover. You can attack. You can. You're you have, and I suppose with Declan at your 
your butt. Uh, you, you can kind of do that, and we're starting to see it. So, yeah, I've got uh, my Declan apology slip is waiting to be sent. Um, I'm going to give it at least another game, and it, he's got a tough one just ahead until I start to send it. But, you know, he, he's on my he's almost on the Christmas Santa list for me. He's almost on the nice list. Currently, he's, he's sat in between both lists. Kai Havertz scores in the win against Aston Villa. Doesn't have to score the winner, but just scores in the win against Aston Villa. Is that apology letter getting ah, I'm getting it franked. It's on its way. Um, after watching Villa absolutely obliterate Man City, and I know you didn't watch it, but they, it was incredible performance by Villa. Their, their ethic across the front to back across that team was incredible. Um, particularly um, not Dwight McNeil. Um, again, John McGinn in the middle, yeah. which he's not like a Hollywood player. He's not one that mm. you would commonly, but he he was honestly probably one of the best performances of a midfield player I've seen this season. Um, I'm not looking forward to playing them. It's going to be a great game, no doubt about it. And it's it's a it, we've got a proper title challenge on our hand this year. Like the the top six, the, the splitting of them at this point in the season is like three points. I mean, I've not checked the scores for top the seedings. No, oh, no, like, no, 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 no. Top to bottom, like first of, I'm going to tell you right now. Top first, top to bottom between, okay, first and even seventh is ten points. It's not a lot. Yeah, first of no. fourth is four, six points, and even now we're talking. So, uh, a Tottenham are currently losing, by the way. Yeah, um, we're okay. We're nine points ahead of Spurs in fifth place. Yeah, Spurs are not is... the, like forget the Spurs were first four weeks ago, Jason. <laughs> They've completely gone off the boil. And then United are the same. They're, they're nine points behind us. This race is on, Jason. This race is on. It's a, it's, it's, it's a we're, lot we're, tighter than we're it was. We're ten last points season. ahead of Newcastle and seven. It's ten ten points is a, like, like you know, like we are only fifteen games into the season, right? You you look at you you double that, right? Thirty games into the season. And then you're saying, if you double it, 30 games into the season, say that then we're not nine points ahead of United, but then say we're double nine is 18, six, six, 16 <laughs> points, not 18. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go and make an assumption. I, that it's I, like, I would like, just, I would just say to you now, last 16 season, points. <laughs> yeah. just saying to you, don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> Exactly. I'm not getting my head itself. I'm, I'm going to take two points off it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take two points off. And then I'm going to take that again. Yeah. So if we're 16 points ahead of Spurs or United, say we're... Uh, lol. <laughs> I was about to look at City because we're 6 points ahead of City. I was like, oh, we're 12 points ahead of City. No, we're not going to be 12 points ahead of City. Um, now he's going to come. breaks a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no. But I, I genuinely think, actually, I think someone was saying the other week that we had a slightly worse start than we did last year. I don't think we do have a worse start now. I actually need to compare where we were 15 games in last season to where we are 15 games now. We've only lost one, drawn three, and won eleven. That's not bad. I think, I think I think we're definitely worse off. I think that the real tell of the tape is going to be we in our next three or at least four. We've got Villa, Brighton, and Liverpool, and two of those are away. Those are, are three difficult games, and if we can come through those, would I would argue five points. Now I know you'd likely going to go into me and tell me that. Uh, uh, we are not winning at Anfield, I don't think. I just can't oh, see Oh, come happening. on. You you said, we've all said that that's the one that's got to be broken. That's the I one know, game left. I just can't see us. We just don't win game. at Anfield. That's don't the win one game left. We beat City. 
That's the one game left. We'd be sitting at home, though. We'd be sitting at home. Anyway, I'm saying five points from those nine I'd be comfortable with. And if we're still top of the league by that point in time, I think we've had a really fantastic start. Um, Man City's games after the Christmas period, they got the easiest run you've ever seen. Um, So I'm just saying we we do need to come out of those games unscathed, whatever that might look like. Um, But it's it's a tough run of games. Like, you know, champ. What's AFCON doing to them? Uh, who would they lose? Doku. Who's I mean, he's Doku? out anyway at the moment, I think. Is he? I don't know. Mm-hmm. actually know what nationality Doku is, I'm assuming. I don't know if he's French or if he's... Well, maybe I actually know Doku. I like Doku. Doku's... I think he's from Belgium, actually. I like how... So uh, you can tell that me and Jace haven't talked football for a while. We're currently on the Rip Room Review and discussing how Arsenal are going to win the league after beating three uh, opponents at Christmas. I'm going to uh, move on, Jace, <laughs> to our first uh, topic of interest, which was uh, in, aptly titled Deck the Halls. Uh, we have obviously talked a lot about Declan Rice already, but I did want to obviously just go. Jace, talk me through uh, how you were feeling at 90, 95 minutes and 50 seconds. And then how you were feeling at 96 and 27 seconds. Tell me about that one minute kind of portion of time. Walk me through it. Okay. Um, I was tired. I've been ill, right? So let's be honest. I was tired. Uh, It was Tuesday night. I was in my last day of feeling rough. And I I kind of moved myself from downstairs watching the game on the telly onto my iPhone sitting in bed. And I was like, at this point, I was like, I can't believe we're going to draw at Luton. And in fact, at one point, I was like, I can't believe we're going to lose at Luton. Um, like, I was just so pissed off with the Reyes goalkeeping errors and just defensive sloppiness to concede the three goals anyway. Um, and I was like, oh, that sums up how I've been feeling in the last few days. And then from that point, you, I just... There is a feeling and there's a sense of us at the moment where we're like, we know we'll go. Well, the one thing we know is we'll go to the end. But I just, I just really, really did not think that we were going to... I knew we'd keep pushing to the end, but I didn't think that it would come this time. I just thought this is the time the goal does not come. Um, and I went from feeling really tired and really crappy, like preparing to really go to sleep. Uh, my wife was next to me in bed. <laughs> And I, I mean, let's say that I, I, I jumped out of the bed, punching the air. I mean, I could have gone through the ceiling. Um, I was happy, <laughs> basically. Uh, it, it definitely uh, helped my immune system, put some positive energy through me. Um, I think every Arsenal fan was ecstatic, right? I mean, I think we were all punching the air. I think it just it felt so right. It felt so right to see him score that way and for him to be able to celebrate with the fans, the whole team to be able to celebrate with the fans because it's such a small ground in that atmosphere in that way. Um, it, it, there's definitely this mentality of it's uh, it's us against the world at the moment. I like that mentality in the moment. I like it. That's a good analogy. Like, yeah, that's such a good analogy. Yeah, I, I love it. I love that. Like, And it's like, you know, Everyone will take the piss out of us for over celebrating. We'll 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 give us stick, you know. Arteta's on the sideline, getting getting carded again. Who gives a shit? 
fuck them all. We're going to win the. No, I don't know if we're going to win the league. But, <laughs> but I, I, I like the energy. Like the the energy's back. Like not completely. Like we still have some challenges with the ticketing system in the home ground. Um, but the but the, there is a positive energy and vibe which is back from last year because I think we've ridden out a very tough period. And now we're seeing that we can score goals and we can win games. We'll talk about the goal scoring capabilities in a bit. But um, yeah, just, I mean, if we just talk about Deck's performance as well, uh, actually, no, I'm going to ask you Deck's performance. Tell me about Deck's performance overall, apart from the goal. Yeah, I mean, once again, he's dropping standard. Like, it's weird, right? Because any other player doing the type of game that he has, you're kind of going, it's eights, it's nines. And I think we've just already familiarised ourselves with what is a Declan Rice performance, which is he doesn't lose the ball. Uh, he threads passes front to back or back to front. He protects that back line. He demands and commands the ball when he wants to, when he needs to, when the team needs it. Um, he once again did that thing, which I've seen a, a lot this season already, 80, 70, 80 minutes where we are behind withdrawing and he, he just grabs this team and he says, I need to bring you forward. You need to stop playing about at the back four. I need you to be playing in that middle or final third. That's where the ball needs to be for us to score. And he brings that team forward. Um, and it is, it is something that uh, we've seen Thomas Party do. He can do it. He can thread passes. He can play it. But it, his record is so patchy when it comes to fitness that we kind of just didn't, we couldn't rely upon it. And now we rely fully on Declan Rice. So it'd be interesting to see if it ever happens what we do without him. But another another standard seven, eight out of 10 performance from Declan Rice that we've become too used to. Anything less, when he drops a shitter or a stinker, which is, it will happen at some point. Of course it will. We're going to be questioning ourselves going, what was that? Where did that come from? Because we're so used to seeing how he how he plays. Has he already dropped one? We've just not seen it. <laughs> or maybe so maybe, maybe the the, <laughs> yeah, the the gap between those performances, to top to, you know, from ticking over to being great, is probably like so small. Like you say, maybe you don't recognise it. I would say like there's a really good point that you raised about maybe everyone hates us, and I like you, I love it. I like the banter. I like the fact that everyone hates us. No one wants us to win. No one likes us to be here. And people say we over celebrate. Right, we've heard that a lot over the last few days. It's like, mate, you just—we just scored a 96-minute winner away from home to go five points top of the the league. If you can't celebrate that, then don't like football. Go and enjoy something else. There is literally—I said—I turned around to my wife after, like you, jumped up. I was elated. I was on top, just going like, yes, like <laughs> just screaming in her face. She wasn't very happy with me because it was about ten o'clock at night or whatever it was. <laughs> The kids are asleep. I was doing that old uh, kids kids are asleep celebration where you're like, but like, be very quiet. Um, and I said, I just like football, there's nothing like it. There is nothing in life that I know of that I can recall that gives you that type of elation in that type of moment, in that type of way. And that, that's why I love it. And, that, and that's why, like, for me, that's what, you know, last season we were there. When we scored, when Reese Nelson scored that goal against Bournemouth, this this feels like a watershed moment, a bit like that. And and last season, yes, that moment became nothing, which is really unfortunate. But that moment in the ground, experiencing that, me and you together, was incredible, and I still remember it now. And this feels like another one, like although it wasn't in the ground, wasn't it? You know, Kenilworth Road, 
Yeah, it was incredible. It turned for me what was quite a a really disappointing. And not yeah, like just yeah, it just turned like it, it felt like we were dropping points. It felt disappointing. It felt disheartening, and it it just turned that whole. Uh, it's so funny how it can be a game of two hearts, like a game of two hearts, like just complete. Two, two emotions, right? To be that rollercoaster, so that rollercoaster ride of that game. Yeah, so being so far like one way to going straight the other way, like within seconds, is it's uh, yeah, just it's awesome. I mean, that's why we love football, and I, you know, it was a, it was a great moment. Um, I'm happy. I'm very happy. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's continue the happiness train. Um, my next segment is called Golds Galore. Just wanted to talk through, obviously, uh, we talked about the deck goal in the 96 minutes. There are three other goals in this game. Um, once again, we're spreading goals across the team. They're not just being yeah. sculled by uh, a single or two players, let's say. Uh, I'll give you the, the pick of the litter, Jace. Who do you want to call out first? Where are you going to go? I love Kai's goal. I love Kai's goal. Um, it was the burst through the middle, the calculated touch from Gabby. That was a that was a beautiful touch from Gabby. It was like because yes, you've got to play it in front of a defender, and you could see Kai was running through, but there's the gap there's there's the gap between the defender and the goalkeeper, right? He's got to play it with the most the the, the perfect precision. It's got a it's got a lob through the gap, land in between the defender and the goalkeeper, and he's got and then Habits has got to get there at the perfect time. And then he's also got the keeper right on top of him, if you see it. And he's got to make the decision of where he plays that. The keeper's right on top of him at that point. It's coming right towards him. So in a split second, even though you can say, well, he's right for another goal, he has to really make a, a decision on how to take that finish. Because a lot of people would side. I think he, he took that with the outside of his boot, I think. Um, or or, or like, he took it with the, the like kind of the, the toes, not yeah. the side foot. Like if you cipher that, where the angle is, there's a high probability you can hit it straight at the keeper. But the way he took it, he put it past the keeper. It was a half volley. It was lovely. Um, something very. I it reminds me of a very Burkamp Freddie Lumberg connection. If you ever can recall the early noughties, Burkamp used to do some lovely uh, assists through to Lumberg. And Lumberg would always score like that. Um, you, uh, and 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 Burkamp would always find the pass. And um, that was a really nice comparison. I just love the goal. And then the work effort, uh, effort from the, the just the, from 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 Kai to get there. Like we haven't seen him sprint like that through the middle. Um, I was like, yeah, more of it, please. More of it, more of it, more of it. I uh, love it. He's obviously um, such a confident player, a confidence-based player there, right? When the wind is beneath his sails, you certainly need to see a different type of player, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, it's interesting. Like we're starting to see him. I don't think Chelsea ever saw this, right? Because I don't think he had the coach that gave him the backing like you would get from Arteta. The way Arteta defends his players, he had, he just didn't have the right. And I bet he had a lot. Three or four, yeah. I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, I think he had three coaches. He had Tuchel, he had Lampard. Who was that? Who else was there? Oh, um, uh, English guy from Brighton. Uh, oh, Potter. Yeah, Potter. Potter. 
Potter. Um, he had something. He might have someone else as well. But like the point, the point being, Mourinho, he had, he, either. No, he didn't have Mourinho. He'd have, he wouldn't have lasted Mourinho. <laughs> might have. Like, he didn't have. Did he have Conte? I don't think he did. Um, but the ability and confidence is growing in him, and you can see that. I believe Arteta is allowing that and enabling that. And I think now you're actually seeing a, the confidence of Kai coming to the surface. Um, and I'm happy. I, I, I just want to keep giving him the opportunity. You know, he's still got, there's still a few concerns at times defensively, because that's the one thing I was going to say, actually. It was another question I was going to ask. Before we go into the other goals, uh, just appropriate time to talk about this. Um, do we think Kai's position is settled on in the team and in that left that left eight? Do you think that that's now kind of cemented for him? Do you think that that is most of the time, give or take Trossard needing some games, that that's his position and and it's going to be consistent and we're going to see that consistent form from him with confidence? Do you think that's his his place? Uh, so I, we kind of semi-discussed some of this previously. I don't, I don't think it is. And the reason I don't think it is, is not necessarily because I want, uh, Trossard needs games. I think that the way, uh, Arteta is setting up the team is more ta- tactically set up dependent on the opposition. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think then he rotates in probably one of three players. It can be. It can be Trossard, it can be um, uh, Kai, but you can also then play a Fabio when he's fit, or you can rotate different players in there depending on the opposition. I think you play uh, against a lower a lower block team. I think that Kai is more suited. Against a more free-flowing team, I think Trossard is more suited. And there won't be many. Admittedly, Luton did set up against us, and I think even their manager had said it after the game. He said there were two ways they could approach this game. They could set up the way that everyone expected them to set up to and probably lose, because you just that, that will get broken down over time. Or we give them a go, and we, we try and attack them as they would attack us, and that seemed to be the more fruitful, I think, of the the two possible outcomes. I mean, for I the new- still lost, but... From a neutral, it'd probably been more entertaining, and especially until the 95th minute. Um, they'd have all been very happy the neutral with the game they got. Um, the only thing I was going to say about Habits in that position tactically was like the one thing we were at the Wolves game, and I think he was partially at, at fault for some of the lackluster performances in the second half. At, that gave Wolves well, chances to get back in the game and made it a little bit more harder than it should have been. And that's the one part of his game where I'm like, okay, we need, he just needs to brush up on that defensive part. If he's going to be playing a bit, you know, not as far forward as he did at Chelsea, he's going to be playing a little bit deeper for Arsenal, then he has to get better defensively. But I mean, uh, these are minor things. These are minor no, I, things. No, I, I get where you're coming from because I do think that we have become relatively uh, prone to lapses in concentration, particularly in the second half of games where we are leading. Um, We become complacent. We become, uh, I suppose, we've seen Man City do this so many times against opposition where they're up 3-0, 2-0, and they just become robotic and monotonous in the way that they play. It's actually pretty Mm. boring. But it it gets them championships. It gets them to win because they, they pass teams into oblivion 
they starve them of the ball and they become uh you know they draw challenges they draw fouls they they make the other team get angry and and kind of not be able to play their football we just find they seem to get a bit lazy and kind of allow other teams to bring themselves back into the game rather than actually us playing bad we just let them you know crack on with it it's a bit of a shame yeah. so and, and so uh, while we're talking about goals galore because i don't think we've got a section to talk about it uh, actually, you know, we've got you know, we've got Raya. Let's talk about the goals with Raya that we conceded. But I think there's some questions about defence there as well. Um, so go on. I've talked about habits. You can talk about the other two. What 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 was your uh, what was your favourite of the other two goals? Um, the the first one for me, uh, I just think it was just really incredible uh, thought process and really uh, wise. And brave to kind of do the quick throw, get it out, and get it out to um, set ourselves up for that goal. Um, it's something that we kind of reacted really, really quickly to. Um, yeah, just quick thinking from all three players, really quick to react. Just a really good, easy goal to get, and something you could imagine them practicing on the training ground, given the opportunity to play it and do it when the the needs must. Um, and the only I, I wasn't going to call out the second goal, but the only thing I would say about the second goal is Kai Havertz again did a fantastic dummy run across the front of the goal that freed up yeah. the actual pass. He took um, two players with him, I think, when he made that run. Yeah. Without it, we probably wouldn't have scored that goal. So something that probably goes a bit unnoticed, but was certainly um, played a big part. Yeah, I mean, for me, um, yeah, credit again to Kai for that. I think on the first goal, the genius is all is all Saka. Like he made yep. the initiative to do the quick run. Uh, Jesus spotted it and gave him the ball, but then he had the ability to do the pullback um, and found Martinelli, and that was quite a hard find from what I think looking at the replay. And and I think that all that all of that goal comes from from Saka's creativity. Yeah. So props to the guy. He keeps getting an assist or a goal every game. And I just wanted him to do more. He was my captain on my fantasy team this week. So I was like, because I just had a feeling that he was going to, but he, he is really consistent. He's getting goals and assists pretty much every game this season. He just doesn't seem to get both. Um, or was it just he doesn't get it when you want to captain him? Well, that, that too, that too. You know the um, answer here. Yeah. Sacrifice your fantasy team for the benefit of us, Greg. Just okay, I'll do sacrifice it, yeah. <laughs> no no more Saka. Yeah, I mean, it's not this season. I'm doing absolute dross. Uh, let's talk about David Ryan then, because, uh, you know, I think uh, we did uh, a segment a few weeks back going, right, it's, the debate's over. I think it was after Ramsdale put in an absolute howler <laughs> of a performance against. Oh, yeah. Oh, was it League Cup? Was it Champions was Brentford, League? Wasn't it? Was it, oh, it was Brentford, yes, because uh, he obviously couldn't, we couldn't play Ryan. Um, and so uh, me and you talked about that and was like, yeah, it, it's done. Put a fork in him. And, and we've come full circle. This was likely David Reyes' worst performance in an Arsenal shirt by some by some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk me through your feelings towards him during this game? What you know, Was there anything in particular that you're like, that is just not really something you want to see from an Arsenal goalkeeper? It was, can I even remember the goal now? I can't remember the order of the goals for Luton, um, which is really bad. But the there was one where it came across the front, it came across the front, uh, front of him, but it was really close to him, and he tried to to dive down for it, 
So it looks like the ball goes under him. That was their third goal where they went where they went ahead. Yeah. So here's my analysis of this. He's tried to go down for it, but the ball is right underneath him. Yeah? Right underneath him. And he's tried to go down for it with his arms. The ball's coming across the goal and it's going right underneath you. Why are you trying to go down for it? Because then it's just gone underneath your body where you've tried to go down for it. It's very simple. It's right at your feet. Just bloody kick the fucking thing. Sorry. I'm really angry. They really, I was so pissed off. That's the point when I decided, screw this, I'm going upstairs to watch it. Like, I'll watch the rest of the game, but I need to go to bed. But I thought we were going to lose it. I just felt the way there was something about the whole game with Luton being the small town team, hadn't got a result. They were up for it. They were taking it to us. It just felt something like we were going to lose this game to Luton. It was going to be, you know, our our most embarrassing loss of the season. And I just thought, oh, it's just coming. And and part of it was summed up by just just the what Raya did there. Uh, I I was I don't know. Am I crazy? Like it, the ball wasn't far away from him. It was not like if he'd have gone for it with his foot, he would have to stretch. Now I know keepers are encouraged to collect the ball with their hands because in theory, if you kick it in the air, it could go anywhere. But he he clearly wasn't going to get to it. You've got your feet using for a reason. I, I was just so annoyed. I was so frustrated because I was like, I could have saved that. Like I would not have made the attempt to go down for that at Monday Night Football because I'm not a goalkeeper and I'm not as good with my hands. But what I damn good with is my feet. So I'd have just bloody kicked it. I'd have, I'd have booted it. <laughs> like not bothering about where it goes, just as long as it goes somewhere out. Um, yeah, dude, I and, mean, for anybody that's uh, not a, a, a YouTube watcher, uh, Jason reenacted the Macarena there in a trying to showcase what David Rea was doing with his hands. It was close. It was a good, good rendition. I enjoyed it. It was good. <laughs> um, I, I would have, yeah, I mean, I, I do think goalkeepers are probably coached into oblivion a little bit with in terms of what they're supposed to do in any given uh, moment, depending on how the ball's coming to them. And I just can't imagine that they're being told to boot it away. Um, it was coming at him very, like you say, very close to his body. And so I would have probably guarded it with, you know, where they go down with the leg so their, their shin is level to the ground and they kind of like angle their body so that he can block the, the like that way. But you're right. It was kind of unforgivable. We've seen other goalkeepers of Arsenal in, in past Fabianski do those kind of saves or like that that type of goal all the time horrible well Almunia. oh yeah don't want to talk yeah. about it to be honest um the other two both from set pieces yeah just seem to get lost well, in, in the a, shuffle well i was this is the question was it even rio here with those two i mean I also want to comment on how how are the players winning the headers. Deck was at Deck was at fault for one of them letting one of them go. But I do have to say, you know, if if you're if you're in the box and it's in the six yard box from a corner, your goalkeeper can out position himself more than any other player because they can use their hands. They are adding an additional two foot onto their stature that other players cannot. It's, that is a fact. And so I just can't understand. And he's not a big... Well, as far as I understand, he's not well, a big goalkeeper. I was about to say this. Does his height have... I never considered his height being a problem. Clearly, Arteta doesn't because he wants his player, player, keeper plays a certain I don't style, even but... think he's that small. I reckon it's just... Uh... I think he's the same height as me. And I'm not tall enough to be a Premier League goalkeeper. We watched the game against Wolves, right? And I can't remember if it was Bentley who came in 
uh, who got subbed on or whether it was Jose Sar. But we were stood right behind the goal and I went, Jesus Christ, look at him, he's tall. And he went, what do you mean? I went, well, he's touching the crossbar without even having to do anything. He was literally just hand up touching the crossbar. And then when Raya came on in the second half, I w- watched him try and <laughs> touch the crossbar. He was like, he couldn't touch it. Like, he was on tiptoes. He's like, six You're right. No. Yeah. He's the same yeah. height as me. I'm 5'8", maybe 5'9". He's, he's six he's foot. Not six foot. He's not six foot. He is. I'm just, you know, Google never lies. How how could it? Are you saying, have you gone okay. Wikipedia? Have you gone Wikipedia? No, no, I'm just, I just looked up and that's what it came up with. Yeah, 1.83 meters, so he's six foot. I'm going to inflate my stats on the end there as well. All right. Well, maybe let's talk about his cock size. Who knows? Um, he, I, you know, I, I think he command, he should be able to command this box. And everything that we've seen so far from him, he's usually been pretty good in that position. He's usually able to claim or get a good fist on it. He just wasn't. And he, he just got caught underneath it one time. He got caught in kind of no man's land. He didn't really know what to do. He's just really disappointed. Like you, I was more angry than anything because I think everyone had moved on from the debate. Everyone had made their piece that Ramsdale is just not the one anymore. We've got the incremental gains. We've moved on. We yeah. like Ramsdale, but he's not hes not it. So we've got to go to the next thing. And mistakes will happen. But I think even against the Brentford, uh, not Brentford, uh, was it Lons between that game? Or even there was mm-hmm. a game before where he didn't look fantastic. Past times. Yeah, it's a few Wolves. Oh, it must be the Wolves game. We went to the Wolves game, and I think it was in that game where wasn't necessarily the most confident performance. He saved us in one. He saved us in one of the Wolves game. There was a chance when they were through on goal. Uh, yeah, did yeah. I suppose we've not seen that. Everyone, when we talk about Ramsdale, everyone remembers that save against Leicester, and it's also played on pretty much every video package that played it's played in the stadium before every game. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know what I mean, but that's the, we haven't had a rare moment of that nature yet because maybe he hasn't had to. We've still got the best defense oh, in the league, as far as I, I'm I think we have. I think we have actually. No one, one remembers it though. He did the David Seaman esque save where he was scrambling and he got behind it and, and scooped and, it out. Yeah, do you not remember that? No one remembers that because David Seaman did it, but it was very that was a, that was a pretty impressive moment. I, he's a good keeper. Um, I don't think he's worse than Ramsdale. At the moment, he is giving us the Ramsdale level of performances we had at this time last season with Ramsdale. And that was good. But Ramsdale slipped at the end of season. Right? And, 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 and uh, yeah, basically, it's like, you know, okay, you had a bad game against Luton, fine. People are allowed bad games, but we still won the game, it's fine. It's when you have a bad game, and we lose. Oh, I mean, admittedly, if, if Deck hadn't scored that goal there, yeah. there would have been calls for Reyes' head. Yeah, it's been forgotten yeah. about. Yeah, he saved his blushes. About. Deck has saved his blushes because of a last-minute winner. But, I mean, and, even and if Deck had scored in the okay, 85th though. minute or something, I still they're, think there would have been conversation there. They're, they're a team. That's the point of being a team. You're all responsible to fight each other. And so if we win the game, it doesn't matter. You move on. Um, you learn from your lessons. The problem comes when we actually drop points in a title race at crunch time. That's when it counts. That's literally it. And I think Arteta has made this because statistically, over the course of a season, you're going to get less mistakes from Raya. You're still going to get mistakes. But you're going to get less from him than you're going to get from Ramsdale. So that is the gamble he's made. As you, you mentioned this, this was your argument, the incremental gains. 
So we need to see some of those incremental games and crunch time next year that we didn't see at Ramsdale last year. And it's as simple as that. And if that gets us over across the line to win the league, then he is our number one. If he messes up, then that loan's done and we'll buy a new keeper in the summer. Simple as that. No, no, no. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Uh, right. Let's uh, move on from the rare debate then. It's only a, a small a small talking point. Um, so Saka has now reached 200 appearances for Arsenal. He is the, the youngest Gunners player since Cesc Fabric has to reach that milestone. In that time, uh, he has churned out 46 goals and 52 assists across those 200 games. So it's almost a return in terms of a GNA every other game. And he's 23. I think he's 23. Yeah. I haven't written down. I think he's 23. Yeah. Um, or, or at least like yeah, uh, 22 and a, a, a chunk. Would you, I don't know if you want to talk about this game in particular, Jace, or do you want to just talk about maybe a standout moment from Saka in the, in his Arsenal career so far? Um, oh, man. I mean, you're giving me too many options here. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to talk about his performance against Wolves because that was when I was in the stadium and I got to watch him live in front of me. Um, and actually, I lie. I'm instantly going to say, say no and change my mind. Um, do you remember at the start of the season, there was a goal where he scored in front of us? I can't remember if it was Fulham or if it was Forrest. Um, he basically cut in like Iron Robin used to do and he smashed it in the top corner. And I was right behind that, right in the goal. And I was just like, I love this boy. Like, it just, that, that is, he's just so good for so young, being so young. His goal scoring ability is, is, is awesome. That, the, that left foot is a magic wand. Um, and, and that's one of my favorite memories from him. Now we'll go back to the game against Wolves. Also, combined with his goal scoring, is his interplay in small, tight spaces. And his ability to move through defences in very small tight zones with quick feet. A little bit like Messi used to do. But he's able to play good one-twos and he's got really good connections with Gabriel Jesus and Martin Odegaard. And that was a perfect example of the goal we scored against Wolves. Again, right in front of us because we were in the way. And that quick feet, that ability to move between players. And again, he scored a goal there. Um, those are kind of my things I love about him. Those are the things that I think are making this shining light. And actually, what I'm actually giving me confidence about with him is that he is not 100% reliant on pace. Like, he's not Martinelli where he needs to beat the defender and always make it to the byline. He is much more technical. And you remember how Iron Robin, he kept going, you know, 33, 34, still playing for Bayern Munich in the wing, cutting in, because it's not about pace, it's about technique. And, and actually... I see a career for Saka with longevity because of his technique. Um, he's he's quite Swiss Army, uh, Swiss Army yeah. knife in that sense, right? Like he can, that's why players are doubling up on him all the time. As a massive show of respect to his capability, oh, he can, yeah. it, there's different ways to skin a cat in that sense, right? He doesn't always have to do the well, cut inside. He can, the, the nutmeg, there was someone that was like, maybe he sandwiched two players and went through the other day, which was like, was really good as well. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, like, so he people are dubbing up on him, so he can't use his pace and get to the byline and take the players. They're, they're doubling up, so he can't. He can't. He used to do that, but 
he's had to adapt his game he's had to become more efficient in other ways and we're seeing that with his ability to cut in and score and his technical ability of his quick feet uh you know playing it in between players and around the box that's not reliant on pace that's reliant on vision technique quick feet uh ball control all of those kind of things are, are what we're seeing for him he's adapted his game and it's it's great to see um the other thing is on the other hand when you're not playing in the Premier League and you're playing in Europe and they don't double up on you, just as clean as, I mean, that's even better. Um, he will absolutely destroy you. Well, that's um, what I'm, I'm actually, it's a really good, that's a really good point because I was wondering, Villa this weekend, I don't think you're going to low block. You th- I think they're going to come, they're, they're going to come to us. It's going to be a high score, high score. Well, this is what I'm but saying. Like we, we've seen how teams that do that get punished, but we also haven't played a team that do it well yet. Yeah. So yeah. it'd be interesting. Like you say, it could be another 4-3 or it could be like Man City and Arsenal where it was like a game of chess. It was like uh, you've got to wait for another team to slip up and you, you, uh, you're you very, you know, tactical in how you approach the game. I, I don't even know which one of those I want. I don't want to watch those boring, very tactical games because they're not entertaining. But then I don't yeah. know if my heart can take a 4-3 knowing that we might be on the losing side like, I don't know if I, I want that. I mean, however, however, if I have to go through that and then the ball hits off Martin Tinez's head and rolls into the goal, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it anyway. Jorginho, 30-yard screamer again. Yes, please. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, go on, mate. You haven't mentioned your Saka milestone. Come on. Come on. What's your what's your, what's your, what's your uh, favourite memory? Uh, the one that stands out to me... So I I went to the uh, United game uh, last year, but I can't remember if this one was at home or away. I think it was at home, so I'm pretty sure I was there for it. Um, He cut, he did his usual cut inside from like 30 and scored an absolute screamer. Um, And it's it's just because it's against Man United. I I do have, you know, it's a a rivalry uh, for Arsenal fans that, uh, you know, from my generation in particular that existed and, and yours, yeah. You know, it existed for a period of time, and it, you know that that rivalry doesn't necessarily exist today as much as it once did. We try to we try is. we try and ignite it. If it doesn't have the same vigor and the same kind of you know uh, meaning as it once did, because we were we were the two teams vying for the top. But every time we play them, it does feel important. It feels important to us, and it always will feel important to us. Um, for me. The Chelsea United games are the games I fear sometimes more than Spurs, especially the Chelsea games because I just hate Chelsea more than I hate Spurs. Because I kind of agree with you in that sense. Like we we play City Liverpool now, and these two games, although they're important, they don't have meaning behind them. They they mean something in terms of the title race more than likely because that's the games that are important, but they don't mean anything in terms of the emotion, the attachment to that game. And you know, Saka scoring against them in such a in such a way. I was there with my kids. It was late on in the game as well. I think um, yeah, it was just good. And, I just yeah. I love it as well because he keeps doing it right. He always cuts in and he puts it in the back of the net. Well, you you mentioned it by name. You say Robin. Like everyone knew, Arjen Robin was going to do it. We all know what's going to happen. We can all, but it's like you can't stop it. It's like time slows down around you. You're like, I know he's going to go there. I know he's going to go there. And when he does it, you're still like, how oh, the fact did he get there? 
And like you say, but now at least he's becoming more adept at when people are acknowledging that it's going to happen and predicting it and trying to defend it, that he does another thing. And yeah. He does something else. And then they're like, oh, he's, he's now cut inside the other side. Or he's tried to nutmeg me or he's gone around me. I, I would say about this game in particular as well, the Ben White partnership, when it does, when we do overlap and we do see it, it really does work. You talk to our partnerships with Jesus and with Martinelli. He does seem to have a really good partnership with Ben White, and Ben White's going to have a bit of time in the side because Tommy Asu's out for a bit, um, which is going to be important to keep that trend going. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, the partnership worked really well last year, so we'll see more about this year. Um, yeah, and I hope we hope he keeps scoring like he does because we always sit right behind the goal. So we always, every time he does yeah. one of those screamers with his left foot, we always sit. We're going to love to see it. Right, I'm going to get my, my car horn, honk, honk. Here we go, Palming, pulling into the parking lot. Uh, what, if anything, Jace, what have you What have you got? Anything for the parking lot? Uh, hands up if you've bought some Adidas merch in the last week. That'd be me. Yeah, Greff's got his hands up. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, you've bought the Ian Wright collection, right? Looks looks very, very nice. I'm not going to lie. It looks very, very nice. I don't know if I have the confidence to pull it off, but you've bought the oh. Ian Wright you thought the Ian Wright. I don't, I don't even know if I do, Jace. Let's be honest. I think the conversation with my wife went went something along the lines of, "When the fuck are you going to wear that?" Um, <laughs> and then I showed her that it reverses, and then she goes, "Oh, okay. You might wear that that way round." Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like I like it. It's, it's it's certainly a confidence piece of the wardrobe. It was either that, or I really really wanted the uh, pink Chinese New Year padded jacket from. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. It's last but year. We basically, okay, we saw a guy at one of the games a few months, like, well, longer than a few months back. We saw a guy at the game who was wearing it, and I was like, man, he looks fucking cool. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, he was a young, attractive, good-looking guy. I had nothing in common with this guy. So when I thought that I could pull this jacket off, I was obviously lying to myself because he obviously could pull it off much better than I could. So we landed on the Ian Wright one instead of that jacket. Let's see. I'm going to be wearing it against Brighton next week, Jay. So you can look forward to seeing me in it then. Nice. Well, I I've seen also today they Adidas Essentials so every year around Christmas. Adidas dropped their Adidas Essentials launch. I didn't do it last year. Um, uh, I think they, they launched the red, uh, red and white Essentials range, and I'd already bought some retro merch from a few seasons before, so I didn't go in and part of me kind of regretted it but also i was like i don't know if i'd really wear the red hoodie or the red jumper that much but this year they have launched exactly the same retro gear but for the away colors so it's a really nice dark blue jumper or a dark blue hoodie with very retro adidas i uh logo and the retro cannon just in simple yellow and that is perfect a dark blue hoodie a tinted yellow with respect to our away colors the classic Arsenal font on the back, just saying Arsenal. Love it. Already put my request in to my family members for a Christmas present because I'm not going to buy it, but I'll let someone else buy it because I always struggle to ask for presents. So I've asked for a hoodie. Let's hope you're on the nice list, Jace. I'm always on the nice list, mate. I don't know. It's debatable. I'm going to two shoes. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is one thing if... if uh... Adidas are just the license to print money. It feels like for Arsenal, it's just they rele- they're releasing stuff at a rate that is unsustainable, in my opinion. Um, there has to be a point where most Arsenal fans have to hold their hands up and go, "Look, you can't take any more money from me. I've spent enough." Yeah. Even I'm sure before they came out against Luton, 
in the Ian Wright jacket because I think that's what they wore. There was another jacket. Yeah, like there's the, rainbow, the, the rainbow. Love Unites, the Love United, yeah. uh, and they've launched a new shirt and a, a jacket for that as well. Yeah. And and before I know they don't sell this one, but they had the knives. Uh, no more red campaign white shirt that was announced just before the uh, Wolves game, which I'm assuming they're going to wear against Liverpool. Yeah, the FA we Cup usually game, wear right? it in the first FA Cup game. That'd be weird. Just, Liverpool, imagine Liverpool wearing red at home, at home at Arsenal, and Arsenal wearing white. Just saying. How we might end up. Be? Yeah, we might end up uh, just making them wear their away kit just to not wear red at our ground. Is, maybe is their away kit white? I'm sure they must have. Oh, they have a purple one. They wore a purple one yeah. last night. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. To save, uh, well, yeah. To save uh, mine and your throat, it's been 56 <laughs> minutes and I've enjoyed uh, a good Arsenal chat with you, Jace. Um, we will hopefully try and join you uh, this weekend. We're playing Villa on Saturday evening. Me and Jace are out for a curry Saturday evening. So uh, we might, depending on how uh, hungover we may or may not be on Sunday, you might look forward to more illness and dulcet tones then. <laughs> uh, predictions, Jace, before we leave on the Villa game? Free uh, oh, 3-1 Arsenal. <laughs> Always, Man. always, there's always one. Uh, I am going to go to Desmond 2 2. I'm going to go for a 2 2 draw. Oh, I want to ask so many questions, but we won't finish the podcast. So I look forward oh, to yeah, discussing that with you on, on <laughs> Saturday or Sunday. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. If you're watching on YouTube, please do give us a like and a subscribe if you're listening to us on your podcast provider of choice. Uh, it's a five star review. Otherwise, Jace will say nice things to you. He's on the nice list, so he can't do anything horrible. I'll knock on the door and ask for a review in a polite manner. <laughs> what a guy. All right. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy your evening. Cool. Cheers, guys. Thanks. <laughs>